0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3449 for Thursday, the 21st of October 2021. Today's show is entitled, Linux in Laws S01E41, The Halloween Documents, and is part of the
1: series Linux in Laws. It is hosted by Monochromic and is about 66 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, The Halloween
0: Documents.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org.
2: Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back in an open plan office or similar environments, any minors under the age of 35 or any pets including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusty guide dog, unless on speed, and Q T rexes or other associated dinosaurs. This is Season 1, Episode 41 of something called Linux and Laws. The 2021 Halloween special. Martin, good evening. How are things?
0: Good evening, Chris. Things are interesting,
2: to say the least. I see. It's Halloween, right? Almost. Is it Halloween already? Oh, damn. Yes. Okay. It's, it's the end of October. No, it isn't. And... Well, it is. It's the end of September. What do you want to say? No, 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 no. When, the epi- when this episode will be aired, of course.
0: Ah, okay. Well, I can't tell you if things are interesting by the end of October. Because...
2: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is down to the fact Mark, that you cannot bend time space because if you could, you would be knowing that actually the end of October is always interesting because there's something called uh, Halloween, which goes back, I think, to an Irish pagan festival.
0: It seems to be mainly um, celebrated, is
2: that the word, in in America, no? Uh, Is it? I don't know. It is. Hang on, wasn't that you who told me that originally it was invented by British postcard manufacturers or greeting card manufacturers (laughs) or something? (laughs) No, I think there's where was a, American greeting <laughs> I see.
3: Just like uh
0: Coca Cola invented the Christmas tree. Okay. That's what I know no, what they did. Yes. Anyway, but what, um, yeah,
2: but but why hmm. is Halloween so important in an open source context? Any guesses?
0: Well, before we move on to that, how are you? Well Do you do have you any you? Pe- any any petrol you can send over or <laughs> any, any beer? Pe- any, <laughs> any any lorry drivers? <laughs>
2: Uh, Yes. Fancy a changing Uh, career. Full full disclosure, (laughs) we are recording this episode during the course of the year 2021, Mm -hmm. 2022, and 2023. (laughs) Great Britain has, what's the word I'm looking for, degenerated in a third world country worse than than Namibia, Around the turn of the last century, it's so not right. no gas, the Libians, no, is it? no electricity,
0: nothing. I, I think we, we have to, and much,
2: and much more be, to add. Empty supermarket shelves. Empty so, supermarket shelves. Yes. What well, in Germany? No, in Great Britain.
0: No, the supermarket shelves are fine.
2: Uh, not the not 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 the way I see it. I saw it the other day because you didn't you, know, you could have said it. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is why we have webcams inside stores. Ah, okay, <laughs> and of course, webcams you can compromise if you know what to do. That. Clearly,
0: you have too much free time on so, your hands.
2: <laughs> so, a friend of mine actually sent me some interesting pictures. Did he? Because I do not compromise webcams. Needless to say, It goes without saying. Not especially not in foreign supermarkets. So. That correlates nicely hero, with the, yeah. with the, exactly, with the, with the reports that I'm reading in various media outlets that actually supermarket shelves are emptying Great Britain and food supplies are running low. Nah, it's fine. When did you last go to a supermarket? Well, we have staff for that. <laughs> As when in the missus does <laughs> the shopping. <laughs> when did said missus buy, was, was able to buy anything in the supermarket last month? No, no, she went today actually. Yeah. <laughs> and bought what matches? <laughs>
3: uh, no, she
2: the bought, rest was sold out.
0: <laughs> um, uh, sausage rolls, a uh, a breadstick, um, what else? Some sambal, some ketchup, uh, probably something else as well. But uh, and yeah. then
2: the, and then the supermarket was clearly sold out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't I know. See. I wasn't there. <laughs> Anyway, I hear that Germany play. also has a shortage of lorry drivers. So.
2: I, I wouldn't know.
0: You wouldn't know. You don't speak to lorry drivers.
2: L- lorry drivers are a, a species soon to be extinct because we use, <laughs> we use trains for this and Do you this? other mm. eco friendly transport <laughs> devices. See. Excellent. Boats, maybe. Hmm. So, Martin, any plans anyway, for, the UK, for the UK? To to rejoin Europe after putting some some serious moolah on the table to make up for the expenses.
0: Well, I did consider taking up politics, but it sounds a bit too tedious. So so probably not (laughs) is the answer.
2: (laughs) People, you heard it here first. Kids, there was a time when Great Britain was indeed great about 200 years ago, (laughs) maybe 250, but now it's just Little Britain. As a matter of fact, there was a documentary in the in the nineties <laughs> <90s. that's> a... <laughs> actually by that name, which a... actually gave a hint.
0: It's, it's very amusing, indeed. Yes, <laughs> well worth a watch.
2: Indeed, uh, details will be in the show notes, of course. Okay, this is not a political podcast. Funny enough, <laughs>
0: <laughs> could have fooled anyone, but <laughs> indeed.
2: But we have much more serious issues to talk about, namely the historical. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Incident called the Halloween Papers. Because it is now mm-hmm. Halloween. And for the few listeners who are probably too young to know, the Halloween mm-hmm. Papers referred to, when was it? Late 90s, right? hmm mm-hmm. Early 90s? No, no, late 90s, late 90s. Late 90s. When a company called Microsoft actually copped onto the fact that her that its proprietary business model, namely selling licenses of closed source software, was seriously in the process of being eroded, is probably the right word, hmm. by something called the Linux operating system. Or, Richard,
0: if you're listening, you mean they were going to lose their monopoly.
2: <laughs> or, Richard, if you're listening, much. the GNU/Linux operating system. Um, and just to squeeze that in. Okay. Excellent. You want to give us the overview, Martin, or do you want me to do this?
0: Uh, well, we can start. So, yeah, why uh, did I call the Halloween papers? Because they were leaked on the end of October, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, so in short, Microsoft saw that open source uh, operating systems were on the rise and thought, hang on a minute, this is not good for our... Um, our bottom line, so let's do something about it. Uh, And so they wrote a a variety of documents that how to combat uh, open source software, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Which at the time were marked as, I think, even classified or at least for internal use only, but somebody leaked them. Hmm. And a guy called Eric Raymond, probably known as the author of something they called The Cathedral and the Bazaar, one of the probably more popular pieces of literature and open source, had a field day taking them apart. There are, 10, there are actually 11 of them, but mm. it's probably worth noting that the first couple of them reveal or actually lift the veil of what was then Microsoft as an, a, a proprietary closed shop source software with the clear aim of not only maintaining the stronghold on the server on both the server and the desktop market but also expanding this, so these documents clearly laid out a marketing strategy to ensure that by using something called fat fear uncertainty, and doubt that this monopoly was there to stay and would expand in the future and also revealed certain techniques, for want of a better word, how to combat open source. For example, by what's the word I'm looking for? Not instrumenting, but rather coming up? No, drawing, (laughs) drawing, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Manufacturing, yes, by manufacturing a total cost of ownership calculation. That clearly said that Windows, as in the proprietary administration, sorry, the administration of, of of this proprietary ecosystem, is cheaper, including licenses, I might add, never mind manpower, than something called Linux and its open source ecosystem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Clearly, an interesting perspective, given the that fact... Smarter, yeah. Go ahead, Martin.
0: Well, you could argue this case uh, as they did right that, um, uh, as we know for example um, Linux Oreo takes many man hours so if you um, if you are a, a corporate organization what would you run? Uh, Microsoft Teams, Zoom or Big Blue Button or Mumble or you know these kind of things so this this is the, the basis of
2: their uh, argument right I think. In, in, indeed, but uh, uh, going a little bit further than, than just this wicked audio example. <laughs> uh, no, I mean proprietary. It's close hardware, to our heart. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. But proprietary operating system, which is close to us, has a certain disadvantage, namely the fact that the open that the that the source code is not available. So this, in addition to the fact that 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 the desktop was a stronghold of Windows, and to some extent still is. Uh, Needless to say, Windows systems were the prime target of virus developers because the source code wasn't available. Virus developers and I Love You and other worms are. Just two are uh, 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 just an example. Had a field day of, infil- of, of infiltrating desktop systems. The thing uh, is, because the source code wasn't available, there was no anti-dote available immediately to remedy this.
0: Well, it's not just that; it's also that um, being closed source, the vulnerabilities weren't clearly uh, visible apart from the people in Microsoft, right? So, uh, whereas with an the, with the open source operating system, Uh, many people will be uh, looking at
2: the code for uh, that exact reason. Exactly. Um, The beauty about open source is basically everybody can take a look at the source code and take it apart and put it back together again and come up with pull requests, ideas how to remedy the situation, and that sort of thing, which is, of course, impossible if the source code is not available plus the prohibitive license costs of some closed source systems, Microsoft comes to mind or came to mind rather about 20 years ago or more than 20 years ago when Microsoft software was pretty expensive, at least in the commercial environment where uh, operating systems were only subsidized to some extent by the hardware manufacturers who added, of course, a Microsoft tax in inverted commas onto any hardware that they sold. Laptops and desktops come to mind that had an implied Windows tax slapped upon them once you bought them.
3: Yeah,
0: I I think uh, nowadays it's less of a cost issue. Um, If you buy a piece of hardware, it tends to come with Windows, unless it's an Apple, of course, but... (laughs) um, and if you specified option, don't have Windows. You've, uh, what are you saving? Right, it's uh, less than a hundred dollars, presumably, something along those lines. I think. Um, so the, the the price difference has come down quite mm-hmm. a lot. So you, you can't uh, you have, making the choice is is less financially impactful than it used to be, as you as you mentioned.
2: Yeah. But it's this is twenty five years ago, hmm. and Microsoft really perceived this as a threat because essentially, about oh just over twenty years ago, they, they no actually less than twenty around twenty years ago, they they acquired a stake called in in something called SCO Unix. If that rings a bell, Martin. Hmm. Yeah, there's something to do with um, IBM, no. Indeed, uh, details, of course, will be, will be in the show notes. Suffice it to say, SCO had then acquired, to cut a long story short, and I, don't quote me on the people, don't quote me on the details, um, because it's a very long and tedious uh, legal war, to so to speak. And as I said, details uh, and, and, and references will be in the show notes, to cut a very long story short. SEO was once the, proprietary, the proprietor of the Unix trademark that they had acquired through various ways and meals and from AT&T through a long history of acquisitions and were then essentially trying to maintain the foothold, or their foothold rather, on the server market of systems running running Unix, right? IBM had already identified the NUX. As the main alternative to their then mainframe operating systems, some IBM staff had ported Linux to Z series in 1997, 1998. And IBM saw Linux as one of the strategic operating systems going forward to maintain stronghold in the server business line, let's put it this way, and uh, SEO in in dire need of money identified IBM as the main target for a lawsuit to make some money (laughs) Uh, because they thought that for some reason Linux would contain proprietary portions, sorry, would contain portions of the proprietary Unix code. And they are going back to the original Unix code, and we are not talking about BSD here, but rather we are talking about System 5 and System 7, as in proprietary AT&T code where Unix originally came from. Um, so they took IBM in front of in, in, uh, to court and claimed damages for said theft of intellectual property, and Microsoft had nothing had little else to do then to fund SCO for this lawsuit. Uh, eventually this lawsuit was wrapped up. I think it's still in lingo because SEO went bankrupt in the meantime. All the rest of it, as I said, details will be in the show notes. But to cut a long story short, that was a futile attempt, of course, by Microsoft to again preempt Linux from the marketplace. Now, what is pretty interesting that around 20 years ago, some worker bees in contrast to the official company mainline discovered actually that open source is a viable technology. This really was accelerated after the demise of Steve Ballmer, who's, who once said about 20 years ago that Linux was pretty much comparable to cancer, because he couldn't make any money from it, <laughs> and it would spread like this disease, and eventually it, w- it would be it would prove to be fatal. Fatal. Um, Ooh, interesting. But thank God, before this could happen, he gave away the rain and somebody else called Satya Nadella stepped in about six years ago, maybe seven years ago, who clearly saw the advantages of open source. At that time, many, many, many people in Microsoft had already copped on to the fact that open source was there to stay. And... It's interesting because after Satya took reign at Microsoft and already to some extent before, Microsoft Microsoft became one of the main contributors, maybe even close to Google or some other companies, of the open source movement. For example, if you take a look at the current contributions around 10 years ago, that was just before Satya took reign. You would notice that actually Microsoft contributed a lot to the Linux kernel. In hindsight, of course, to power the Azure platform because the cloud was just growing, 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 growing in Microsoft. But at the end of the day, because the the kernel is still GPL'd, they had to contribute any any changes back to the code base. And this is basically how Satya basically turned around the corporation as such.
3: Well,
0: they say turn around, but um, they're not exactly the biggest cloud out there. Are they Azure?
2: Well, they're the fastest growing cloud, that's for sure. If if numbers are anything to go by.
0: Well, yeah, if you start with one and double it, then you got two. Uh, <laughs> you got to two, you double the rest. <laughs> um, but in absolute numbers, I don't I think they're uh, market share is. Um, I think is it Azure and GCP together are the same size? Is it AWS or something. Something uh, like that, yeah. They can,
3: yeah,
0: so it's, uh, but yeah, fair enough, and yeah, clearly they have um, realised, uh, as you say, that that open source has um, is beneficial for them as well. Um, I don't know if you remember the Microsoft Lo- loves Linux campaign or whatever they they initiative yeah. they started a few years ago. But mm. um, they were certainly uh, embracing uh, many different uh well, open source technologies uh, not not just Linux right it, um
2: uh, left right and center, yes uh one of the core Python developers <laughs> as a matter of fact, works for Microsoft, Guido, if you're listening hmm. smart move <laughs> if you ask me sorry yeah for for the few people in the listener, in the audience who do not know this uh, Mark, uh Guido von Rossum who actually invented Python about thirty plus years ago, now works for Microsoft. But even before that, one of the key developers for the reference implementation called cPython was already working for Microsoft then. And Microsoft over the years has contributed a lot to the open source code base.
0: Yeah, um, to all sorts
2: of projects, right? Yeah. Visual Studio Code comes to mind. Um, they open source major portions of ASP. Same goes for .NET, which is now known as, I think, Monocore. GitHub, of course, comes to mind, which is partly based on open source. Didn't did they just buy GitHub? Yeah, but I think they still contributed some changes back. Oh, okay. That they made. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And eventually, they also open sourced some, Windows, some, believe it or not, some Windows components, which at the time were about 25 years old. <laughs> or 20 years or something.
0: I'm sure there were lots of people taking up, contributing to that.
2: And, of course, for so inclined people, Types, TypeScript is from Microsoft, goes without saying F-sharp, including the, the reference compiler, is from Microsoft. PowerShell, by the way, which has been ported to Linux, is also from Microsoft mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So I'm dead sure that at some stage, maybe good old had would have taken a look at the market capitalization of Two companies alone. We're recording this end of uh, end of September, so about a month before it's released. And the market cap of Microsoft is two point two one trillion dollars, and the market cap of a company called Alphabet is one point eight eight trillion dollars. So if Google would adopt. More open source in terms of giving it back. I'm sure that they could improve their market cap too. So yes,
0: um, bit of a turnaround, but.
2: So any any thoughts, Martin, where Microsoft is going?
0: Um. Well, I think we've talked about it before in terms of I, I don't actually I don't I haven't looked at their um sources of income um but in terms of desktop operating systems they're clearly still um leaving that uh for how long Mm. It's a good question um that doesn't seem to be much i think as i said we've discussed it before as a home user that is not that interested in um the ins and outs of a operating system that just wants it to work and uh, been able to visit their favorite websites of um stick insects, uh Microsoft will do, right? So it's I don't see that changing hugely in terms of, you know, the um, the desktop market. Clearly the, the server side has, has long gone um Linux. Um yes.
2: No, it's interesting because you see more, 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 more and more people even moving to the cloud with their desktops. If, for example, hmm. the, the figures, the, the, the sales figures of something called Chromebooks are anything to go by because more and more people apparently are moving away from the, from the traditional web, desktop systems hmm. running Windows, I might add, and then moving to Chromebooks, which are just hooked on the cloud environment. More likely they're not provided by Google these days.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the AWS have their, um, their virtual uh, desktops as well. Um can't remember the name of it now, workspaces or something. But um, yeah, many, many people will offer you uh, that kind of service. But um, that only has a certain amount of purpose, right? It's um, if you're a...
4: Uh, a
0: occasional writing a letter or emailing kind of computer user, then that will do. Uh, if you plan to do anything more than that, then clearly that's not the way forward.
2: Indeed, no. And you only need a pretty pretty dumb device because all you need is essentially a, a GUI, as in a browser, running on a minimalistic operating system, and that's exactly what a Chromebook is. Mm-hmm. So, if you're listening, Satya, surfaces are probably the way to go. Just add, get Azure in order <laughs> so that you don't need a half an hour to deploy a virtual machine, never mind other software components, but that's besides the point. Uh, but I'm sure that somebody in, in the Azure line of business is already working on improving deployment times. Um <laughs> I would have a couple of ideas how to I'd improve this, but so, Microsoft, if you're listening, the email address is feedback oh. at linux.inlaws uh, at. Oh, I you
0: mentioned a sponsorship. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just <laughs> oh, okay. <hitting> them <laughs> <laughs> You
2: don't need the feedback. Um, <laughs> not. Yes, uh, Microsoft Sataya. And if you're listening and want to have an even more favorable appearance on one of the future shows, the address is sponsor at linuxinlaws.eu. You heard it here first and that concludes our short episode on the Halloween papers but before we go we have some final, we have to, we have some final portion of feedback right?
0: I believe so I, I couldn't read the email since someone's email server was down apparently but, uh, so why don't you read it Chris?
2: Yeah I think Martin, as usual, if if you fire IT support, there's nobody there to take a look at the server administration, so no surprises there. Okay.
0: Uh It's not the fact that they decided to do an upgrade with... No, not at all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Roy posted a comment on the HBR website on the 23rd of September, and this is Clinton Roy. Just the usual complaint. Martin's volume is again still way too low. It's a pita, which I think is a Greek bread or something. Sorry, it's pita, right? Pita <laughs> <okay>. bread. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
3: Yes. yes, yes. <laughs>
2: to change the volume when speakers change. Now I'm, I'm wondering what 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 a what a Greek bread has to do with volume settings.
0: <laughs> so maybe a secret setting we don't know about. Here, yeah, there we go. <laughs>
2: Oh, maybe, maybe Clinton uh, Roy is just referring to a pain in the ass.
3: Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course, Roy or Clinton or oh, whatever I mean. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Why did the Greeks call that? Uh, hmm. <laughs> Hang on a minute, weeks, and, okay, let's not go there.
2: <laughs> no, no, Martin, let's not go there. No, no, you're spot on. Okay. I'm not too sure if, if it's, if it's Clinton or if it's Roy, because I'm not too sure what your first name is. Let's go, by, let's go by Clinton for, for, um, for want of a better guess. Uh, there's, of course, a simple reason for this. Martin, in his infinite wisdom, <laughs> decided to have a fire. co-host
0: called Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. Decided to fire, as he does with marketing departments and all the rest of it. Also, post-production. Now, the trouble, of course, with good post-production, with with good with good post-production crews, is actually you have to put you have to put them through a test. So, Martin deviously <laughs> modulated his 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 microphone volume all over the place, and for some reason, the post-production crew simply didn't cop on to the fact. That this was actually happening, and there were actually that this is part of the that this was part of the interview process. Unfortunately, because needless Martin were fired yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> needless to say, Martin also had fired quality assurance subsequent <laughs> to these post-production crews. Uh, what Martin also does for, uh, quite okay quite frequently is also fire the HR department, so it's just a mess. <laughs>
0: Yes, it stops us from hiring more more <laughs> useless. <laughs> <stuff>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, people, if you're listening for the job and if you are <laughs> on the masochistic side, the uh, email address is hr at linuxinlaws.eu. If you're just longing for prolonged interviews, uh, forget about Google with, with 12 rounds of interviews. We Martin does about 24, but be prepared that this is only a temporary stint because you will be fired up in about two weeks. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> Martin actually holds, uh, I think the fourth marketing department actually holds a record Oh, they a loss Ooh, with four weeks of existence before Martin, wow. be, before Martin fired them once again.
0: Very good, very good.
2: <laughs> Martin, we have to do something about this. The investors are already complaining about hiring costs. Investors? That's not what? good. <laughs>
0: What's going on here? The
2: people who who payroll this joint. They do? Yeah, they do. Why do I
0: not, why do I not know about this?
2: <laughs> because you just fire finance once again, or accounts, or whatever it's called these oh. days. <laughs> Martin, if you wouldn't keep firing the people, you would have the information that you need.
0: It's, I wouldn't call it firing, it's more like suggesting them a different career, right?
2: Unfair dismissal? Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, people, if you're looking for a serious job, do not send mails to your HR at no, Amazon. Just don't so do that <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> gonna... let, me, let me modify this email address first so that doesn't drop into yeah, so the waste it of your time. <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't drop directly into Martin's inbox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, apparently, I have no inbox since uh, IT something. Uh, if you something. hadn't fired
2: Martin, you would still have <laughs> mail access. <laughs> ah, I see, I see. <laughs> But Martin, we do have initial feedback, don't we? I believe
0: we do. We have something from someone called Biku. Want to read it
2: out? No, no feel I feel free. Again, a wonderful podcast episode. Really enjoyed the interview with Ken Fallon on the history of HPR. How about doing a little tutorial in your next podcast on guitar? It would be wonderful. You guys from the UK, right? I came across this unique campaign undergoing in UK, and of course, the link and that mail will, will be up in the uh, in the show notes. It's about a red dragon giving permanent. It's about um. It's about a campaign for giving the red Welsh dragon a permanent penis. Um, as I said, please, this will be in the show notes. And the most important thing is, of course, the remark: keep up the good work. Do you concur, Martin? Should we keep up the good work? I think we should keep up with the good work. Per- per- perfect. Any other thoughts on this?
0: Uh, not on the uh, specific campaign, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> People... It was, you... it, was, it
0: was a bit of to, to Canada,
2: so. <laughs> Okay, yes. Um, there will, of course, be an episode next year as discussed on how to set up a version of how to set up a static, um, statically generated website with in, co- in, in connection with a version control system. Like I mentioned this on the show, like we've learned this for the local luck that I'm, uh, helping out with. So stay tuned. All will be revealed in the, in the episode next year. And if I understand this correctly, HBR is, or at least Ken Fallon is thinking along the same lines. also need to say if you have any thoughts on this campaign, For the Welsh Dragon to get a permanent penis, please get in touch. The email address is feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. And with that, Martin, it's probably now a good idea to announce the Halloween episode of... (laughs) Yes, Martin. But as usual, as it is the longstanding tradition with Linux in-laws, we do have a special sketch with... Ah, Yes. Yes, Finally, found his cue cards. Excellent. <laughs> I mean,
0: we're having a professional cue card. department. It's, yes, <laughs> it's, it's tricky I
2: know. No, it's, yes, it's. I know. But if you wouldn't keep firing your PAs, you wouldn't have to look after the cue cards yourself. You see. Uh, yes. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, without further ado, people, here is the Halloween episode sketch of 2021 from the Dark Side. And over to the Dark Side.
0: This is Captain Darkside from the USS Space Vessel and the Surprise. How may I redirect your call?
4: This is Vladesa from the planet Transylvania.
0: Hi on. I thought Transylvania was a galaxy and the planet was transsexual.
4: Are you sure your facts are okay? Yes, I'm very positive about this.
2: So, no vaccinations for you then? You just sit it out and wait. World Health Organization, local governments. Please do get in touch about sponsorship If you want to increase the amount of people getting the jab, the mail address is sponsor at linuxinlaws.eu After all, this is rapidly becoming the most popular open source nevermind lifestyle podcast on the planet. If insert your favorite search engine here analytics are anything to go by.
4: I am confused. Our people sent out a distress signal and we are looking for help.
0: Look, there's no time for any of these rocky horror picture show nonsense. I've got work to... What? You said distress signal?
4: Yes, our people are in dire need of supplies. Especially food is running out rapidly after the recent change in the local executive. Mm -hmm.
0: So how can we be of assistance?
4: We need about 10 tons of blood within the next 24 hours so that my people can avoid starvation to death.
0: Blood? What do you mean blood? Normally, species live on simple things like complex carbohydrates, sugar, alcohol, maybe the odd dash of cannabis or similar recreational drugs in order to build spaceships, manage bending of time and space, after sport drives proved to be of suboptimal efficiency, of course, and generally having a good time.
4: I'm afraid our people are somewhat different in that regard.
0: Perhaps you can send us the Federation's nutritional code so that our science officer can get you what you need. It should be part of form 42 slash 0815666 of your Federation Membership's welcome
2: package.
4: Federation's nutritional code?
2: This is Smog, the USS Enterprise Science Officer. The Federation of Planets is an intergalactic group of planets and people ensuring peace and well-being across the galaxy. The Nutritional Code is an essential guide to the feeding and thus well-being of species across the universe. We do observe sustainability.
4: Are you mocking me, Mr. Mock? All we want is food for our people so that they can survive.
2: I'm afraid it is not that simple. As you don't seem to be a member of the Federation according to my records, let's start with the analysis of the physical composition of your bodies. Please send across a sample of your genetic structure so that we can compose a sustainable nutrition that exactly fits your needs.
4: Uh, and how do we do this?
2: Normally, a sample of bodily fluids is sufficient, perhaps accompanied by a tissue sample of something similar.
0: Don't make it overly complicated, Mok. Just piss in a cup or drain a vein and send the stuff across so we can get you the stuff you want.
4: Drain a vein? Are you mad? Exactly this food is in really short supply.
2: Not sure that I completely follow. Your main source of nutrition is a mixture of plasma and blood cells? In that case, I recommend just a square inch of your upper epidermis, which should be a good enough basis for this analysis. Best extracted in full daylight to ensure proper metabolic sample structure.
4: Full oh, daylight? That would really...
2: Oh no, crap,
0: not again. Ohora, re-establish communication as soon as possible.
2: Sir, may I remind you of the fact that today is Christopher Street Day, according to the Federation calendar and all members of the LGBTQ community, of which Officer Uhura is an outstanding member, if I may say so, myself are entitled to a day of leave to commemorate this event. LGBTQB. mock. what are you on about? As I'm sure you're aware of, LGBTQ refers to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community, a subset of society that does not subscribe to the traditional binary gender patterns and thus deserve our full respect, not only in that regard. Hmm, and why are you working then? Captain? Never mind. Why were we disconnected? It seems that our Zoom subscription just experienced a mm, glitch, to use a technical term. a Termination of said subscription, to be precise. Then try something else. What about Teams? May I remind you of the fact that Lieutenant Commander Scott cancelled our Teams subscriptions in a fit of rage, citing that no fucking closed source communication junk ever will be ever used on this joke of a ship, to which you concurred, right yeah, lady! Intoxicating substances may have been involved at the time, Captain.
0: Ah, yes, I do seem to recall now. What are our options then? Um, go to a meeting, WebEx, even Google Meet?
2: According to the ship's logs, you stated that from now on, only open source communication tools will be used at least on my watch, approximately 20.75 seconds after the prior response to Lieutenant Commander Scott's statement. Which leaves us with a choice of Big Blue Button, Jitsi Meet, and Open Meetings, or similar open-source tools.
0: We're doomed, indeed, if Starfleet's records are anything to go by. So, Mok, what is the status with any of these
2: tools? Are they in a the shape to be used? Our quantum-based AI spent the equivalent of approximately 10.2302202 million years in deterministic time on trying to configure Jitsi Meet for production deployment, without success. Unfortunately, similar metrics have to be applied to Big Blue Button, although the artificial intelligence is confident that with another 1.02 million years of D-Time equivalent, it may arrive at a solution which is ready for prime time, if I may say so. And I'm afraid that the situation with open meetings is even more suboptimal if the community efforts across the fleet of approximately 10,232 star vessels of the end-a-surprise class are of any relevance, which leaves us with only one option. You cannot be serious. Mumble, really? I'm afraid so, but given the fact that this can be used in subspace as well, we have a chance to establish a reliable communication channel with Transylvania, with a probability of approximately 45% if my calculations are correct.
0: So you're really saying it's hit and miss? Oh well, just give it a try then.
2: Please go ahead, Mok, and let's see what you can do. This is the Federation Starship and a surprise. Calling the planet Transylvania to re-establish communication.
0: Fuck okay, it, Mok, this is no use. Have you
2: double-checked sampling rate, bit rate, quantum modulation and all that other crap? Captain, as I'm sure you are aware, the negotiation of these parameters are part of the protocol handshake of the communication setup while establishing the channel. But another thought just crossed my mind. Are you still wearing the implant? What implant? The one you obtained on Star 9 in the Beetlegoose system, supposedly enhancing your performance with the, and I quote, female type of any species across the galaxy. At least that is the explanation you gave me when I inquired about an unusual f- source of radiation emanating from your quarters right after you had acquired it.
0: Um, uh, well, uh, yes,
2: I, yeah, I do remember it now-ish. But what has that got to do with this? As my cursory analysis of the power source of said device revealed, it is powered by a small nuclear reactor. Whose specifications are significantly outside the Federation standard, with the potential of causing all types of interference, including the subspace mumble signal. Do you think there might be the remote possibility of you disabling the device temporarily, of course? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose so. Let me check. Uh,
0: yes, that seems to be an option.
2: Done. Yes, according to the ship's readings, the source of radiation has disappeared. Trying once again. This is the Federation Starship, Ender Surprise, calling the planet Transylvania to re-establish communication.
4: the Surprise, are you still there?
0: Professor? Uh, is that you? Sorry, we seem to have been cut off due to um uh, uh, technical difficulties. You were explaining about your main source of nutrition before the communication broke down, if I recall correctly.
1: Yes, yes.
4: We need about 10 tons of blood if we want to sustain our people.
0: Mm, Not sure we have that many donors aboard, never mind blood samples stashed in sickbay.
4: But I'm not talking about a few millimeters from samples. We need about 10,000 liters right now. Why?
0: You can't have that many anemics among your people.
4: In uh, you know, a way we do, blood is our main source of nutrition. Blood is what? Perhaps
2: I can be of assistance, Captain. Transylvania is actually, according to ancient lore, a part of what was then Eastern Europe on your home planet on Earth, if I'm not completely mistaken. There was, in ancient times, a legend of a species known as vampires, which solely survived on drinking human blood. This disease as it was then known, as it contaminated the victims of these vampires also to become one of that species, quickly spread around that part of the continent until they mysteriously vanished about a thousand years after the initial occurrence of said disease from the surface of the planet after which the legend became part of common lore. People then thought that improvements in medical technology and synthetic garlic, to be a common vampire repellent to be lived at the time, and prolonged sunlight exposure due to phenomenon known as global overheating made them eventually disappear. But it may have been the case that, similar to now, nutritional resources were running low, and the vampires decided to leave the planet for some other, more vampire-friendly habitat. Is, sir.
0: So, all you need is a vast amount of blood
4: unfortunately blood alone will not be sufficient we prefer the blood in a packaging known as humans only this wrapper will deliver a true consumer experience which my people try on. as usual the first bite is with eye quite literally in this case
0: Hmm. so you actually need people to extract their blood
4: from indeed but look at the bright side all donations will receive eternal life Excellent medical cover, as they can't get ill anyway, unless bitten by a werewolf. But we made sure that this competitive species became extinct right after our arrival on this planet. And other benefits right after their conversion.
2: This will not... May I interrupt, Captain? What is it now, Mok? There are quite a few options that come to mind for satisfying this request, Captain. Which are... For one, there is still this planet populated by QAnon after they left Earth. What's QAnon? If Federation archives are a reliable source of truth, QAnon were a group of human reptiloids which were behind one of the major conspiracy theories trying to explain the origins of a pandemic disease known as corona that held a stronghold on almost all countries during the first part of the 21st century on Earth. A
0: disease named outer
2: beer. Have you been smoking one of your Vulcan recreational substances once again, Mok? Quite on the contrary, Captain. Corona was a highly infectious disease affecting significant portions of the country's population across the planet with an associated death toll attached to this disease. And where did this disease come from? theories range from improper food handling on the local market in a country known then as china right up to a seriously misconfigured genetic experiment when a few insufficiently trained scientists tried the hand at interspecies breeding and made the wrong decisions at the wrong time on a molecular level, resulting in a virus capable of migrating between species instead of a highly optimized bat milk production, which was then the original motivation behind the experiment in the first place, as the milk of female bats was considered to be quite a culinary delicacy in said country at the time. But my favorite theory, if I may say so, is a warp drive experiment ahead of its time and its consequences. What do you mean? There is a school of thought suggesting that C. Fram Cochrane was not the original inventor of the warp drive when he performed this apparent first warp jump in 2063 when the Vulcans, who had been observing Earth for quite some time, noticed the trail and established intergalactic communication which eventually led to the Federation of Planets as we know it today. Instead, the warp drive was first discovered on Earth by a female member of your species, known as Angela Morkel, who used to be a political leader of a country in Central Europe known as Germany. After the decline of her political career in the early 20s of the 21st century, being a trained physicist, see, she decided once again to dedicate her life to physics, thus creating an initial version of the warp drive. Unfortunately, this version was highly flawed, creating a temporary wormhole through which a harmless flu virus managed to travel into parallel universe, where it met a class of transdimensional beings, not unlike the Terminator-type robots of Earth's 20th century, I might add, which found it highly humorous to slightly modify some of its spike proteins just for effect. Fortunately, this created a type of crowd intelligence among the viruses, which eventually managed to escape back through the wormhole where it came from. Unfortunately, this process changed once again some of its surface proteins, resulting in a somewhat deadly virus named after the shape of its surface proteins. But Merkel's setup was so flawed that it also caused to send the virus back to 2019 when she was still in power as Germany's chancellorette. In essence, she had to deal with the consequences of an event which only took place in the future, a very interesting aspect of time travel, if I may add. Enough of this gibberish, mock. What has this got to do with Plandessa's food problem? As part of the resulting pandemic, quite a few groups formed trying to explain the origins of this pandemic, futile attempts, of course, due to lack of underlying facts at the time. One of these group, called QAnon, believed that the Earth was ruled by a shadow cabinet of satanic, the zero equivalent of a binary divine system prevailing at the time of Earth, pedophiles aimed at maintaining this world order, and causing a massive planet-wide cover-up in the shape of said pandemic to deflect attention from their wrongdoings. One positive side effect of Merkel's quantum debacle was a parallel minor wormhole, which opened a conduit into a media outlet, the scientific content distribution network to be precise, in the year 2202, focusing on Earth's history in the 20th century and 21st century. Curiously, They had just finished a feature on Reptiloids and came to the conclusion that the Reptiloids, rather than ruling the planet as a shadow cabinet, had in fact undermined QAnon, using these conspiracy theories to confuse the masses. By sheer coincidence, this story was adopted by a reporter of a major news outlet and quickly spread around something called social media, a phenomenon where on Earth where people could share information independent of its quality almost instantly thus forcing the reptiloids to leave the planet nearly instantly. And the rest is history, to quote an ancient Earth proverb, which proves, of course, that history not only repeats itself, but actually can be ahead of its time, facilitated, of course, by bending of time as it takes place in wormholes. QAnon's members then found a new home on the planet in the nearby star system, which they still populate according to Federation's archives. I am confident that with some minor genetic engineering removing the reptilian strains, we can turn these into a proper food source for Vladasa and her people. Are you quite mad, Mok. We are not going to
0: sacrifice any human lifeforms on my watch. Reptilioids or not.
4: Okay, but what about even lower lifeforms, Captain Darkseid? Like... Other conspiracy theories, or even uh, what's the word? Um, just one second, Captain. Како се политичер на Ah, yes, or even politician?
3: Sorry,
0: no dice. The only option we can offer you is synthetically produced blood from our replicators.
4: But where's the blood? That sounds like soy burgers. We want the real thing and no substitutes.
2: Well, the deal's soy or starvation. You call. And this was the foundation of Transylvania's transformation from a bloodlusting people, only accepting the purest human life forms, politicians or not, as their main source of nutrition, to one of the most peace-loving vegan races in the galaxy, eventually surviving solely on a diet of organically produced soy milk, a bait of carmine color for effect, which eventually traveled back in history, another side effect of Merkel's futile dabbling in transwarp traveling, to Earth's early 19th century, to form a party in an abandoned English colony, originally named after some Italian explorer, called Amerigo Vespucci. This party was later to become the Democrats, a political denomination striving for almost communistic ideals, including free speech, software and love. But that's surely a story for another episode of your favorite tech support show.
0: Uh, it all okay. makes
2: sense. Picks. Yes. Sorry, boxes. Yes, boxes. 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 Yes, picks of the week. Yes. Pics, picks of the week. Yes. Indeed. Any picks? Any boxes? I do have one.
0: I just need to find the name again because I've forgotten it. Why don't you go with yours first?
2: I was just trying to, I was just trying to make one up when you <laughs> eluded. <laughs> eluded. Co- colluded. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Diverted? Digressed? <laughs> uh, yeah, no,
0: so, uh, okay, I can tell you, I can't tell you the name of the movie yeah. until I look it up, but um, this is a movie about uh, a organization who builds, let's say, uh, military robots, and they send them uh, on a what I think is a test mission to a South American country, uh, which has then been overtaken by some government agency to use them to uh, remove some uh, drug cartels in the local area. Um, which is quite interesting. Uh, and, but clearly, the good guys win at the end and they destroy all the robots. Um, um,
3: and
2: yeah. the name is?
0: The name? Of the movie. Ah, yes, that's uh, to be confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the name of it. Okay.
2: I'm sure that Martin will remember it at some stage. (laughs) Medication or not. Yes.
0: It'll it'll come to me. It'll come to me.
2: Uh, The details may be in the show notes. (laughs) Maybe not. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, be, my be. pox of the week is a TV series called The Breeders, or Breeders, simply without the article. It's about. Oh, I don't a... know. I
0: found it. Monsters of Man. Thank you. You're welcome. It, the details
2: of the, the shows. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a TV show called Breeders. It's about a, an English couple living in London. For funny enough. And it describes the challenges of bringing up little kids. And despite the circumstances, it tends to be quite funny. Let's put it this way. Um, The term trials and tribulations come to mind. Uh
0: Okay. And where does one find this?
2: Uh, I'm sure that your typical streaming services uh, like Netflix, I think it depends on Netflix first or something or Amazon Amazon Prime. I can't remember. But I'm sure you'll find it somewhere in a uh, media outlet of your choice. The IMDB link will be in the show notes. Excellent. And with that, we are done for the Halloween episode of 2021. Time flies, doesn't it? We are now more than one and a half years in existence, Martin. It's more than
0: that, yeah. yeah. We're doing our second New Year's episode soon.
2: Very soon, yes. At the end of the year, yes.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, that's not far away now. If if we're still around, it is already November.
2: (laughs) Yes, because Martin, as we as I just explained, Martin keeps firing staff. So, hmm. at the end of the day, we just... Well, and also, we may to... run out
0: of energy by then, so, yeah, there may not be any, so, so
2: exactly any power so at... to power any of us. So, at the end of the day, we, j- we may be just down to two people like we were in the beginning running this podcast. You never know. Yes, excellent plan, excellent plan. <laughs> uh, no, Martin, not. Oh. No. Okay. Are you sure? Positive.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we'll hire me some better people next time. That will be
2: good. The first part of call is actually to to rehire a HR department once again. Uh, Unless you want to do the hiring all by yourself. As in everything.
0: Well, it can't be any worse, right?
2: (laughs) People, if you are implying, oh, do not do try. not do not ask <laughs> do not ask about nutrition rates. Right? Just don't do it. Just Forget about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Enough cool. said. Enough, Enough said. Before the lawyers get back, on, back, get back onto us. Okay, that has been more than wonderful, Martin. Yes. And as always, as it- usual, exactly. And with that, goodbye and see you soon. This is the in inlaws. You come for. Knowledge, but stay for the madness.
3: Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening.
2: This episode of Linux in laws is proudly sponsored by Digital Research Inc. Tired of overloaded windowing systems, especially done by the Redmond outfit corporate desktop environments and open source shenanigans such as GNOME, Plasma or Enlightenment? Then we have just the ticket for you. Since its inception in 1974, the proprietary control program for microcomputers, also affectionately known as CPM, has been delivering the true console experience to generations of system administrators and developers alike. When we designed the system, Almost 50 years ago, we had a single aim to make your life easier – simplicity. A no-nonsense approach, focusing on the essentials rather than the software bloat, that makes life in front of a terminal breeze. No complex shells like Bash or Fish to get used to, strange scripting languages like Python or Perl or other malarkey to learn. The simplicity of the console command processor is just breathtaking. Even today's hipsters, with their fancy multi-core architectures comprising many CPUs, are looked after. MPM got you covered. Capable of supporting up to 4 CPUs, this is all what you need to make up to 4 consoles really fly. Techno wanting even more cores should stick to their phone or tablet if they really have to. We all know that real computers do not have more than a handful of CPUs anyway. And please do not believe any of the lies on Wikipedia that we died in 1991. We are just taking a break. Just a very long one. For more details, please visit excellentsoftwareneverdies.com CPM Delivering the real console experience since 1974 Also available in color since 1995 Linux-in-laws are not responsible for the truth of the messages from our sponsors. In particular, we cannot be held liable for any resulting actions of listening to such messages, including loss of sanity, bad taste in software, men, women, diverse, or the use of the wrong operating system. Never mind software license. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license. Tap attribution share Alike." Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for the song "Salute Margot to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. You find these and other ditties licensed under Creative Commons at Jamando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts.
4: Yeah. So and on Firefox
0: at least. Firefox, good
2: uh, choice. Yeah. That sh- um I'm on Edge at the moment. Wow, brave. <laughs> no, brave. <laughs> brave is a different browser, Martin. Don't worry.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it
4: is. Because I kind of I thought I heard my own echo, but uh, probably not.
2: This is Martin's gear, also known as C R A P. Custom custom research allocation pool. I think it stands for. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you watched any previous original Star Trek episodes as preparation for this episode, Martin? Oh yes, many years ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, <laughs> that answers the next question. <laughs> Um, You know that that Kirk has a certain verve to his voice.
0: Well, it's not called Kirk, it's called DS.
2: Ah, Martin, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is this an option, Darkseid?
0: Kirk, hang on, Uh, let me remind myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, not again. A horror. (laughs) Please re-establish communication as soon as possible. You may want to do this
2: again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that ignores And all members of the LB...
3: <laughs> Shit. <I can't>... <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: which Solly... Which Solly survived on so- drinking... So-ly. Sorry. There was in ancient times a legend of a species known as vampires, which solemnly survived on drinking human blood. <laughs> right. No Martin, how do you go? Solely, Solly. Okay, once again. Solely, solely, okay. This will not May I interrupt, Captain. Okay. What is yeah. it now, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, oh, oh my dear Emperor, Mark, Mark, you may interrupt.
0: Sorry, I was, I was waiting for you. There was
2: too much of a pause. Okay. Let's do that. Again. Let's start, yeah, let's start with this one not. Yeah. As the milk of female bats was considered to be a culinary disease in said country at the time. <laughs> 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 no, I can't write
3: <laughs> This buoyants <quiet's> me <laughs> Okay,
2: <laughs> let me do this once again <laughs> Listen to the voices
3: Linus in class Linus in class Linus in class.
2: Preferably ours